Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Bat Around. I'm your host, Paul Valley. He's my co-host, Ryan Blake. Today's show brought to you by Superbook. There's a new World Series favorite as the Dodgers are now plus 500 after adding Shohei Otani and Tyler Glass now this week. The Orioles have actually dropped to plus 1,400 odds at the same time. So perhaps now is the time to get in with a futures bet. When you sign up at Superbook, use the code PRESSBOX23 and you'll receive a same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose. I'll tell you, $250 bucks plus a match up to $250 bucks from PressBox on a plus $1,400, plus 1400 odds for the Orioles to win the World Series. It's a nice chunk of change. So uh, go work. out there and place your bets. Yeah. Plus 1400 is a good omen, too. That's how that's where I got the Orioles to win the East in the middle of last season. And uh, that ended up cashing. They were like six games out. I got them at plus 1400, and they, they immediately went on like a seven, eight game winning streak. Uh, yeah, that good omen for there. I might have to hop on and, and place my bet now. Oh, for sure, for sure. Plus fourteen hundred odds. I'll I'll take that. I mean, you bet a hundred bucks, you win fourteen hundred. That's that's awesome, man. So, um, go out and place your bets today with Superbook. Um, uh, before the show gets started, I was talking about Ryan with this in our in our green room. Um, uh, my grandmother passed away this morning at uh, ninety six years of age. It was something that we knew was coming. Um, we she um took a turn for the worse about 10 days ago wasn't sick or anything like that just one of those things she's 96 years old um so if i seem a little off today uh i'm doing my best here i was telling ryan there's not there's nothing really that i can do um all my aunts and uncles are out making funeral arrangements my father lives down in fenwick which is two and a half hours from here um you know so there's nothing that i can do right now and i didn't want to miss the show and you know when 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 you're feeling a certain kind of way you know do the things that make you comfortable to make you feel at home and this is one of the things that makes me feel comfortable and makes me feel at home so we're going to press on here with the bat around today uh, my grandmother lived a very long full wonderful life just an incredible woman and uh, my father has oftentimes told me she's the greatest mother that ever lived so this show is in honor of um lucille valley uh we're we will all miss you and can't repl- can't fill the void um left in our hearts um but we're going to press on anyway because we know that's what you would want us to do so um and with with that moving on to some orioles news the birdland caravan uh has been announced it is returning january 25th to 28th uh events locations and player participants have yet to be announced but if you go over to orioles.com slash birdland i'm sorry orioles.com slash caravan (laughs) They have a countdown lock, uh, a countdown clock. So, uh, so that's kind of neat, I guess. Uh, you can see a little countdown. When I went on last night, it said forty hours, uh, forty days, six hours. Uh, so it's probably down to thirty-nine days, and I don't know, eighteen hours, whatever. Um, I was unable to attend last year, but Ryan, you went. Uh, how was your experience with the Orioles caravan? Yeah. Well, first of all, shout out to my lovely wife who just uh, delivered a peppermint iced coffee. Uh, to me at my desk. Really appreciate that. Thank you, Megan. Uh, yeah, Birdland Caravan, I thought was really awesome last year. I didn't make it to as many of the events as I would have liked. I did get to the one down at uh, Checker Spot where they had a bunch of players, Elias, Hyde, um, guest bartending. That was a really, really cool experience. They had, I think, three or four different bars you could hop around to. They were alternating shifts in different places. I, I got a really cool video of Adley Gunner and sorry, Adley Grayson and DL having a chug off at the upstairs bar. Uh, it went a little a little viral, so that was pretty cool. Got a picture with Adley, picture with uh, DL. Got to see meet Taryn Vavra, Ramona Rios. A really cool experience where fans can just kind of mingle, play some games, hang out with the players. A, a really cool experience. Um, I miss FanFest still. I, I wish they would bring the typical FanFest back down at the convention center. I thought that was a really good time. But um, I, I know you might feel a little bit differently, but I'm I'm excited that the caravan's returning. Um, first and foremost, I miss FanFest too. Um, I loved FanFest. You had to take a, a tour of the Orioles clubhouse, and they would let you go out to the dugout and go on the field, um, and that was awesome. Was that a reaction to your ice coffee? Was, I haven't had the peppermint <laughs> coffee from Chick-fil-A before. That was solid. Uh, you, I, I said you get to take a tour of the world's clubhouse and you went 
<laughs> I was like, did, did, did he did not know this is a thing? <laughs> I did do the clubhouse tour once or twice. Really cool experience. But yeah, that that face I made was a reaction to this peppermint coffee. I um, I got to go to. That's my dog running in the background. I got to go um to Fan Fest. Thank you, baby. I asked her for a tissue. Um, I got to go to Fan Fest every year, basically from. 2013 on so like after they they started winning again in 2012 i went every year from 2013 on and i i won um a signed nick markakis picture um when they did a when they did the fan forum like with players on stage and all that yeah jim Jim hunter asked who um the orioles of the american league in home runs in 2012 how many did they hit and i think the answer was like 212 and I, and I, nobody got it but me. So I got, I want to sign Nick Markegi's picture. This hanging proudly in my basement. So um, I, I, I those fan forums where they have the panels of, of, you know, specific departments, whether it was, you know, coaches, players, uh, front office, whatever. And the fans could ask questions. I thought that was really, really cool. That's the, that's the one thing I do really miss about fan fest. I think that the caravan is a little more personal because mm-hmm. there's more opportunity to chat with players and coaches one-on-one but i really do miss being able to sit in that audience and you know ask questions listen to other fan questions and have them answered i thought that was really cool yeah i i enjoyed that um there's something about even though it was usually can you hear my dog squeaking his toy i can yeah is, is, is it super I, loud uh i mean it doesn't bother me i i Although I, it's funny, you told me last week that when you run that countdown at the beginning of the show, it mutes our microphones. It, it was squeaking for the first like 10 seconds of that countdown. Yeah, I realized because I could hear stuff on your end and I was like, oh, it said it mutes our microphones. It is not muted. So I muted my microphone when I realized that because I'm mm. like, you can definitely. That's our, count, that's our countdown music. Bruce's squeaky toy going nuts Perfect. in the background. Works for me. Um, There's something about standing outside in line waiting to get into fan fest and like the, the, the line would be wrapped around the building. Um, and then you get in and there's all this swag that they give away. And there's all these people that you can play video games with some of the players. I uh, usually it was like Robert Andino that you have to play video games. Dude, I, I kicked Matt Albers behind in guitar hero one time. Nice. That was Good. so much fun. Good. He, he was used to get his, his uh, behind kicked on a baseball field anyway. So, um, and then he goes to the Red Sox. It's actually somehow good. Um, but as far as this caravan look, the caravan's fun. I haven't been to it, but I know the fans love this stuff. And I know that they, they, it gives you an opportunity to be up close and personal with the players. And I don't know exactly how up close and personal you get. Like, I know that they had like Adley and some guys like bartending. And it's like, do I get to like see Adley mix a drink from beat from five people deep um, at a bar? I'm, I'm okay if I don't if I don't see that. Well, here's, um, here's the trick. You've got to know what you, – after the first rotation, you have to figure out what the rotation is of the Orioles that are there. Mm-hmm. Go to the bar that they're going to be rotating to next and get a good spot. That's the key. Oh, okay. okay. At least that's, that's, how, that's how Megan and I planned it. That's how we were right in the front to watch uh, Adley and, and the guys do their chug off. So that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. That, that, I mean, and, and look, there, there's definitely a um... – I, I'm going to try and go to some of these events this year for sure, for sure. Um, especially because now I'm working a job that allows me to do stuff like that. Um, however, my reaction, I saw all these people getting excited on Twitter. You know, um, Eric Arditi, who's a friend of the show. Um, you know, uh, I think I saw all, um, on the Verge uh, podcast. I, I saw all these people, excuse me, who have been so upset with, John Angelos and the lease not being signed. But then they announced the caravan and everybody's super excited. And it's just like, this is what John Angelos wants, right? Like, I know that he doesn't really have anything to do with the caravan being announced. I know he's the owner of the team, but he delegates stuff like that as he should, as any owner should. Um, But to me, it's like, all this is doing is placating fans. All this is doing is putting a little bit of a distraction to the fact that the lease agreement still isn't signed. And there's this misconception that I think the lease isn't going to be signed, that I possibly think that the Orioles are leaving. The Orioles are never leaving. They're never leaving. Camden Yards is exhibit 1A of why that team's never leaving. I know a lease agreement is getting signed, but I don't have it in me to get excited and be all rah-rah about, um, about a, a, a caravan when a lease agreement isn't signed 
The Orioles haven't gone down and getting it, gotten a legitimate top of the rotation piece. Uh, and they haven't gotten the middle of the order bat, which I think they need, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the show. To me, do that stuff. Then I'll get excited about a caravan. And it, it, I'm not trying to be a curmudgeon or as one person called me a uh, mental midget. Um, the same guy that called me, that told me not to be poopy pants Paul and to grow up. Um, that's probably my favorite, um, poopy pants Paul. <laughs> it's, it's got the alliteration in there. It's, it's the, hard to. The guy yeah. also last night called me a bozo. He called me, um, he told me I have monkey brains. This morning he called me a midget, mid, mental midget, and then he told me I have a dump in my pants. <laughs> the same guy said all the, of those the, things. The, the same guy, the same guy that told me to grow up said all those things about me. Um, he also said that I'm not a real fan, uh, which is which is cool. Um, because anybody that knows me knows that that's not the case at all. Um, I had one guy tell me he's like, I cannot believe how many Orioles he I, I see him at the gym. I've known him since I was a little kid. Lost my first tooth bobbing for apples at his sixth birthday party. Um, probably not six, I was probably older, probably younger than that. But he 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 sees me at the gym. He's like, man, you have an Oriole shirt for every day of the week. I was like, and then some, you know. Um, but to me, the caravan's cool. Fans love it. It's something that's a necessity, especially if you're not doing fan fest anymore. But I'm not going to get excited about things like that until you've given me reason to be excited about what's on the field. And that doesn't mean I think that the Orioles don't have a really good team. But we saw what happened with them in the playoffs. We saw that they need one more guy at the top of that rotation. Maybe it's not a guy at the top of the rotation. Maybe you go out and sign Lucas Giolito and you slot him in to be your third or fourth starter. Maybe it's something like that. But I, I need to see them add another legitimate starting pitcher, and I need to see them sign a lease agreement. I know that they're going to. In fact, there's an announcement that's expected tomorrow about the lease agreement. We're going to get into that here in just a matter of moments. Um, but do those things first. For me, it's a pecking order. Sign a lease agreement get a starting pitcher, then we'll get excited about a caravan. I I get where you're coming from. I truly do. I also understand why your tweet would garner a similar reaction to that. Um, this is why I just, I, I don't really tweet anymore. It's because I, I, I don't know. The interaction has gotten wild. I don't want to be called a poopy pants Ryan or whatever the, <laughs> whatever the R version of that would be. Um, <laughs> But man, like I, I get, I get wanting the, you know, the lease to be signed. I get wanting the team to be improved. But man, I was, I was standing out in the cold in 2009, excited for Fan Fest when the Orioles were in the midst of what I guess 12 straight losing seasons 14. at that point. Four, 14. Get well, it right, Ryan. <laughs> it, it would be, it would be 14. But in 2009, it was 11 or 12. Oh, um, gotcha, gotcha. But like, so I, I also. Being excited that they announced the caravan, we like we knew it was. Was there any doubt that we would have some type of Birdland caravan or fan fest yeah. event? Like yeah. they've been doing the caravan for like four years now, right. so it's not like it's not like we were expecting it to not happen. And they announced it, and we're like, oh, look at this really cool thing the Orioles are going to do. They've been doing this, mm -hmm. so on that level, I saw the announcement, and I'm like, all right, cool. You know, they're doing it again, great. But it wasn't like you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed. Um, yeah. But anyway, I mean, I just think it's a fun event. You know, the off season is dull for a lot of people because you can't actually go to Orioles games. There are no Orioles games to watch on TV. So I think it's great regardless of what's going on around the team, whether they're coming off a 101 win season or a 115 loss season. It's exciting to have the fans come together, get to interact with the players. So on that side of it, I'm glad it's coming back. Uh, but I obviously, you know, I want the Orioles to sign the lease and I want them to, you know, trade for or sign somebody really good to improve the team. But to me, those are are not mutually exclusive. I can be excited about a caravan while still being a little concerned about what's going on. Well, yeah. And, and I think that that's what this guy was saying is that, like, I'm lumping them in as two things um, as the same thing that I'm lumping them in as like, you know, you shouldn't have a caravan until the no have a caravan people you know especially when your owner keeps putting has put his foot in his mouth for the better part of a calendar year you know you want fans need a reason to be excited about the team aside from you know the fact that they just won 101 games you know in an off season that has been a lot of negative um it's it's something to get excited about and that's super cool um to me 
I know that they're two separate things. It's just like my priorities as a 39 year old man expecting his first child might be a little bit different than, you know, a 22 year old guy or, you know, a 39 year old guy who's not expecting his first child and just wants to go to a, to drink beer with Adley Rutschman. That's cool. I'm not begrudging anybody for that. I would just rather, you know, if they say, well, you know, we're not doing a caravan, but we're happy to announce a 30 year lease and the, and we traded for Dylan Cease and we signed Cody Bellinger. I'd be like, all right, I'll trade. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's a good trade-off. I'd be cool with that. And I think that was my overall point is that, like, give me something that's actually exciting to me, and then I'll get excited about something else that's a secondary thing in my mind. Um, but, you know, maybe I'm just being a curmudgeon during this holiday season. Who the hell knows? Um, you don't want to be a curmudgeon. Though. If, if, <laughs> if you're feeling me. hungry right now, do what I did this morning. Go to Royal Farms. You can feed your family gathering this holiday season with Royal Farms world-famous chicken. Get an eight-piece mix for just $12 or a 10-piece dark for just $15 at your neighborhood Royal Farms. I'm not lying. I got a chicken slider and a chocolate glazed Krispy Kreme donut and this delicious um, monster energy drink which I used to swear I wasn't going to drink those things. And this recovery one, the uh, iced tea lemonade, phenomenal. I know they're not paying us for that, but it's delicious. Um, yeah. That sounds good. I, you know, I was, I was thinking as you were reading that, this, this Chick-fil-A iced coffee really isn't that good. Go no, Chick-fil-A is a sponsor of Pressbox a lot of the times too. So you can do either. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is still delicious. Um, we mentioned the lease agreement and um, – all the all the following is from the Baltimore Banner. There is an announcement finally expected on Monday. It looks like it's going to be 15 years guaranteed, uh, with the potential for 30 years. Um, the Orioles have four years to develop the area around the ballpark, uh, and then the development plan is not agreed upon by the 2027 deadline. The lease will only go 15 years. It's agreed if it's agreed upon by then, um, it's 30 years. Um, so it's basically. You're guaranteed 15 years here. If they can figure out a way to develop the land around the ballpark, uh, you're going to get that 30-year lease. They do. They will have access pretty quickly to the 600 million um, that they were given by the by the state, uh, and they can start renovations on the ballpark itself immediately. Just like the Ravens, they announced um, all these renovations they're doing to M&T Bank Stadium. Right as soon as the Ravens' last home game of the season, whether that's the AFC Championship game or whether that's you know the last game of the season against the Steelers. As soon as that's done, they're going to start renovations, which I think is super cool. Um, oh, I, I think they're already starting. They have a, a banner or sign or something. I heard I heard on uh, 98 Rock this weekend or earlier this week, they have like a sign up that's like, please excuse our dust. So I think I think they're like already getting started in certain areas. Because if you want these these renovations to be done by August of next year, you got to get them underway. So yeah, it's, it's already starting. I this This might be a dumb question. Could the renovations to M&T Bank Stadium be related at all to this? Is that are they independent? Because I know they're both technically on Camden Yards. Uh, no, but... so the, they each team got six hundred million. So it, it was it, it was it was a bill oh, passed right. in the spring of twenty twenty two, like late winter, early spring twenty twenty two. I can't, I, w- I was working on Glenn's show at the time. Um, we make we talked about it on the show, but it basically guaranteed one point two billion dollars to the professional sports teams. So six hundred million went to the Ravens. They only used like four hundred and uh, only used like four hundred twenty five million of that. The Orioles also get 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 six hundred million, dollars, which is crazy because then Angelos wanted an extra three hundred million. He wanted to be able to develop on private on uh, p- privately on public land, like. Um, the whole thing was crazy, but they each got their own $600 million for renovation for renovation. So what the Ravens are doing has nothing gotcha. to do with what the Orioles are doing, but they were agreed upon in the same bill. Um, so yeah, so the Orioles gotcha. can get started pretty much as soon as they announce this lease agreement. The, 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 that's the thing. Um, the 600 million for each team was contingent upon the teams announcing, announcing lease extensions uh, with, with the state. So when because the Ravens did that back in April, they had access to do this almost immediately. The Orioles, but as soon as they were to announce it, which hopefully is tomorrow, I'm not tomorrow on Monday, um, they'll be hopefully allowed to get started as well. One of the things that I love about this, and again, there's never been a worry in my mind that the Orioles are ever leaving. Um, again, because Camden Yards, Exhibit One A, it's a gem. Um, yeah. It's a cathedral for for uh, professional baseball. There is a no relocation clause. Uh, so ownership could try to move the team, but the Maryland Stadium Authority has the right to pursue all legal remedies uh, to recover liquidated damages, which would prove far too costly to relocate. 
And besides that, the state efforts to keep the club in Baltimore makes MLB approval highly unlikely. You have to get 75% owner approval um, to move a team. And there's just no way that Major League Baseball would allow that, especially because the state, the, the state of Maryland is pressing so hard to keep the Orioles in, in Baltimore. The point, the fact that they put a new a no relocation clause in the lease agreement in 1992 and it's in the new lease agreement, it just shows we don't want this team to leave. Nobody in this team, nobody in this state wants this team to leave. They're never leaving. Um, but it is cool that clause is in there again. Yeah, they, yeah. And they never were leaving. And I, I think finally we can we can lay to rest the Nashville Orioles or Vegas Orioles or whatever whatever people were coming up with in their minds that the Orioles were going to move to a different town. It, it was never going to happen. And now it's, you know, once pen is to paper, it's official. Um, but yeah, it's exciting, man. It, Camden Yards, like you said, is a cathedral, but they are, there are necessary upgrades. I think their video board is mm-hmm. the smallest in the league at this point. Their sound system mm-hmm. is awful. Um, so the, those are a couple big ticket items right there that need to be remedied, as far as I'm concerned, as soon as possible. Um, but it's exciting that you know we can finally stop talking about this because it's been tiring. It's been twice now that we've been told there was an agreement in place and then the next day told, actually, it's not really an agreement. They're mm-hmm. still working out some details. So this one seems like, you know, like you said, an announcement formally is expected on Monday. And, um, you know, hopefully it's the real deal this time. It yeah. seems like it is. And I'm just I'm just ready to, to put all this dumb conversation yeah, and, and to see, rest. Not that, it's, not, not that it's, you know, it, it, I don't want to say it's dumb because it's given us things to talk about in the offseason, obviously. But the, the premise of it that, oh, the Orioles aren't going to renew their lease and then they're going to move out of town. That that yeah. part of no, it, that, 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 and it goes back to I mean, first and foremost, um, the announcement that they made about a thirty-year agreement having been reached the night that the Orioles clinched the division. That is reason one a why me not getting about excited about the caravan is a thing, um, because they 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 used an oper- a moment when we were so excited about the team and everything that they've done on the field in twenty twenty three to shine the light on John Angelos and make it about him um, and, and kind of lie to us, you know, like a really big, big lie. Yeah. So then when you put, announce this caravan, when we still don't know if there's a, a lease agreement in place, uh, to me, it was a distraction. And that's, that's like the reason one a why like the caravan did less than nothing for me. Um, but the, the team moved. So I'll never forget. I was um, on my way home on break from working at the restaurant that I still work at one day a week. And I was listening to the Bruce Cunningham show. And I love Bruce. Bruce is Bruce is just a fun, happy guy. You know what I mean? I, I really enjoy Bruce Cunningham. But he talked about a guy who re- chose to remain anonymous, who said there was a, a group in, that was trying to buy the Orioles and move them to Vegas. And everybody got all up in arms. It bothered me for about three minutes until I thought to myself, Camden Yards exists. There is no chance that this is going to happen. There's no chance they're going to leave that ballpark empty. It's just not going to happen. And you mentioned, you know, we can put the the Vegas Orioles, the Nashville Orioles to rest. Um, yeah, we knew that, that we could have put that to rest before the rumors even started. There's, there's going to be expansion. They're going to expand to 32 teams in Major League Baseball. And you already know that Oakland is moving to Vegas. Where do you think a team's going to move to? Where do, I mean, where do you think a new team is going to be? Nashville. They're going to get an expansion team. All they have to do is build a stadium. Um, so, like, to me, we, we've known for years now they're expanding to 32 teams. So that alone tells you, why are they going to expand the 32 teams and also move a team? Where else are they going to put, it, put a team? I, I think it might be Montreal and Nashville, um, but it definitely wasn't going to be the Orioles. That's for sure. Right. And finally, we can – once this thing is announced on Monday, you know, we, we don't want to count our chickens before they're hatched. But once this thing is announced on Monday, all those people that think the team is moving – um, like the guy who blamed me for not stopping the wall from being built in left field um, <laughs> because the Orioles wanted to put such an ugly stadium in place. They had no choice but to move the team. This was, this was an actual thing that this guy said, and he blamed me for not stopping it. Um, you know, we can put all that to rest. Finally, let's talk a little bit about this. While we're on the subject, Paul, can we get a damn all-star game, please? 
they're going to have to settle that mass in dispute, man. And um, it was already ruled in favor of the Nationals, and the Orioles don't didn't want to pay them. But now they're trying to figure out. Now they're going back. This was also announced in the Baltimore banner. And I, I originally was going to put in the notes. I was like, you know, we don't need to talk about this. It's essentially the Orioles and Nationals have gone to an independent judge to try and figure out um, exactly how much in television rights fees each team needs to be paid out from, from 2017 through 2021, I believe it was, or maybe it's uh, 2012 to 2017, something like that. Um, and so they're waiting on an announcement on that. Hey, get out of there. The dog's getting this stuff. He doesn't I, I have a cat trying to dig his way under my door right now too. Um, so once the whole massive thing is settled, you know, because basically the Orioles, I, I, the Orioles were like up against Major League Baseball. Um, once that's settled, they're going to get an All Star game. Once they have improvements, because you also you mentioned it yourself, they have the small scoreboard in Major League Baseball. The sound system is terrible. You know, once the Orioles make these renovations to the ballpark, um, you're going to see an All Star game come back to Baltimore. Do you um, think we get any right-handed hitters in the home run derby when the when the All Star game is eventually in Baltimore? Oh man, well those they juice those balls anyway. Yeah, you know. But so, still, yeah, you can crank one 400 feet to left center field and it's going to hit the top of the wall. Yeah. Well, don't hit it to left center field then. Oh, uh, yeah. Easier said Y'all, than done. Yeah. I, I love it when people say, when people talk about, <laughs> like Chris Davis, why don't you just hit the ball to left field? Bro, you try intentionally putting a baseball anywhere you want on a 98 mile an hour fastball. Go ahead. Tell me that you yeah, can just it, hit it, it to left field. It doesn't happen. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's not dude, a I thing. Need, I need a home run derby with eight lefties just trying to crank baseballs off the warehouse. And, oh I, and guys would do it too. I Give watched me. I watched Joey Gallo during batting practice once hit two balls off the warehouse on the fly in a span of three swings. Really? Yeah. I was I was right behind the Rangers dugout. I think I was trying to get like Adrian Beltre's autograph or something because it was near the end of his career. And Gallo was at the plate. And yeah, three swings, two of them hit. And they weren't cheapos either. They were like above the awning. They That's- were shots but i i need to see some lefties in a derby at camden yards because that warehouse is going to be peppered i can promise that i've never seen it i i I was at the game this past year when shohei started and he hit that monstrous home run off like the top of the gate in in right center field like that is a shot that was ridiculous yeah and then gunner hit that the longest home run by a left-handed hitter in camden yard the longest home run by anybody hit utah street in camden yards history uh, Gunner, 462 feet last summer. I think Gunner can hit the warehouse. Can you imagine Shohei coming here to an all-star game in Baltimore? Like that would be a home run derby. He would 100% have to take play, take part. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Just, just somebody's hitting that warehouse if the Orioles get an all-star game here. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, they got to make these renovations first. And while we're talking about that, Ryan, I know I didn't put it in the notes, but let's talk about some renovations we'd like to see happen. We already mentioned the, um, the scoreboard. We already mentioned the PA system. For me, one of the first things I think they should do, I think that they need to make it an open concourse all the way around the field. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, I, I love that idea. You get it at stadiums like Nats Park. I don't like I don't like Nats Park. I think it's objectively a bad place for a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the open concourse layout is is pretty awesome. It's nice yeah. to be able to you know you're waiting in line for something to eat, and instead of watching it on a TV that may or may not be working. Uh, you're actually able to see it on the field. So that's, yeah. I'm with you there. Absolutely. And, uh, and and that's one of the things I love about PNC Park um, is they have that in Pittsburgh, they have that open concourse and they also have it. And this is why I actually put PNC Park a little bit above Camden Yards. Sorry, everybody. Uh, I put it a little bit above Camden Yards in my, in my stadium rankings because they have that open concourse and they have it in right field where they have a big scoreboard just like the Orioles do. But they have the seats angled so nobody has obstructed view from that from that um, scoreboard. In Camden Yards, if you're sitting in the bleachers and you're sitting in Section 90, uh, at a certain point, you can't see right field. Yeah. You're sitting in your seats and you cannot see right field. And that's there should not be a point in that stadium, a place in that stadium where you can't see a third of the field. Yeah. It, it, it shouldn't happen. Um, and I think that that's something the Orioles are probably going to address as well. So I think it's going to be an open concourse, obviously the, the scoreboard and the um, the sound system, but an open concourse. And I think they're going to have to, they're going to do something about those obstructed view seats in right field. You cannot charge people money to sit in a, to sit in seats where they can't see the field. That's, right. that's, that's ridiculous to me. 
I agree. Um, another thing I think would be cool is some kind of club area, if not like a little restaurant in the left field wall. I, I don't know how feasible that is, but you know, you see it at some stadiums and uh, I think that's a, a really cool idea personally um, to, you know, be able to utilize that space. It's right now it's just a big wall with three advertisements and one of them's for the Lake Erie college of something. It's like, why are we advert? I don't know. Anyway, I think that'd be a really cool idea to have some kind of like the fence as opposed to the wall where mm-hmm. you can, you know, see into it and out of it and, um, you know, sit in there, have some food and, and watch the game. That, that would, that would be really cool. Really cool. My, my buddy also said to me back during the summer that he thinks that the Orioles should put up like, like when you're like out on Utah street or you're like coming in through the picnic area and you can't really see have some kind of giant screen showing the game. You know, yeah. some kind of giant screen, like where that stairwell is at, after you get past the picnic area, mm-hmm. have a giant screen on that big wall. And then over on Utah Street, you know, where that where the wall is up against those seats in in on Utah on um, the flag court where they sell beer there. There should be a you have space for a big screen right there, too, so that yeah. you can see what's going on with the game. If you haven't gotten to your seat yet, because a lot of times, man, I'll be walking in and, you know, if we couldn't find parking or somebody was late to our pickup or something like that. And you're walking in, it's already the, t- the first inning and you don't know that Grayson Rodriguez is just mowed down the side. Right. I want to be able to, I want to be able to see that. So you I can, think that those are, go ahead. You can hear the crowd reaction, but unless you can physically see from where you're standing or walking the, the main scoreboard and you see something change, whether it's the batter, you see like a, a 0 for one or a one for one. It's mm-hmm. so hard to discern what's actually happening. Cause like I mentioned yeah. before, half the TVs in the concourse area don't even work. They're not even on half the time. Yeah. And, so, and, yeah. and they're, they're on a delay too, which is crazy to me that they're on a delay in the stadium where the action's actually happening. So um, that's definitely something that I think should, should be brought into consideration at the very least. Uh, Cause I'll, I remember 2012, I brought my dad to the Cal Ripken uh, statue game and um we got, I went to the wrong office to pick him up. I forgot he had moved to offices and I had to like, I went to the opposite side of town. So we didn't get down there till like the Orioles were batting in the bottom of the first. And we, as we're walking in the picnic area is when Matt Wieters hit his three run homer in the first inning. And I saw the stadium go nuts and I saw everybody waving their orange flags. It was still to this day, the most beautiful sight I've seen in, in an Orioles stadium ever. It was incredible. But I had to like run and leave my dad in the dust yeah. just to see what was happening. If we had had that big screen on the wall there, I would have been able to see it. And it needs to be live, a, a live feed, not a delayed feed. Um, but they'll, they'll they'll figure it out. They will certainly figure it out. It's um, it's amazing that as as wonderful as Camden Yards is as a stadium, there are so many ways it could improve. Like it's it's almost crazy to think. Like we just we just watched a 101 win baseball team, and we're talking about the ways that they need to get better with the middle of the order bat or an ace pitcher. It's the same thing with the stadium. We have, Mm -hmm. without a doubt, a top five, if not top three, if not top one stadium in Major League Baseball. And yet here we are talking about ways that it needs to get better. And they're not, it's not, you know, a crazy thought, but that's, it's kind of a lesson to people who are like, oh, just, you know, be okay with, you know, the way things are. It's like, well, if it could get better, why not push for it a little bit, you know? Right. Right, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you less of a fan if you see a hundred and one win team and say, you know, they could have won one hundred and five. That doesn't mean we're disappointed with a hundred and one wins. It's just saying mm-hmm. there are a couple spots where they could have tacked on a few more. You know, I don't think that makes you any less of a fan. Yeah, no, it, it, it absolutely does not. We're going to dive into that here in just a second. I just want to remind you, today's show is brought to you by Help My Gambling Problem. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org uh, for free confidential services. That's 1-800-GAMBLER or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. And, yeah, look, we all know that the Orioles last year, they won 101 games. You know, they got that first round by through the wild card series, uh, the number one team in the American League, number two in all of baseball. And then they get they hadn't been they haven't been swept since May of 2022, and then they get swept in their first ser- in their first postseason series at home since 2012. Um, definitely, uh, I'm sorry, since 2014. Um, definitely a frustrating thing to see, and that's why 
we want them to add to the team so it doesn't happen again. And number one um, at the top of the priority list is adding a starting pitcher. You know, you saw Grace Rodriguez go out there. He didn't make it out of the second inning. You saw um, Dean Kramer go out there. He didn't make it out of the second inning. The Orioles found themselves behind early by five or six runs in each of those games, and it put them behind the eight ball, and they didn't win a game in the postseason. Um, so why haven't they made a deal yet? You know, we saw Shohei Otani um, sign that monster deal with the Dodgers this past week. Actually, it happened a matter of hours after our show ended last Saturday. Uh, thanks, guys. Couldn't have done that like early yeah. Saturday morning or late Friday night. Appreciate you. Um, <laughs> And now it seems like the world's waiting on um, Yoshida Yamamoto um, uh, to to sign his deal. And it seems like, you know, the White Sox, for example, the, the Orioles are rumored to be in talks with the White Sox about Dylan Cease. But it seems like the White Sox want to wait until some of these big free agent starting pitchers are off the board so that the team so the teams that need a starting pitcher might be a little bit more desperate and offer more for a guy like Dylan Cease. Um, John Mioli wrote an article for the Baltimore Banner. And by the way, if you're not subscribed to the Baltimore Banner, like if you're not, you know, at least uh, like checking out their sports reporting, you are missing out. John Mioli is one of the best writers in the game for the Orioles. Um, Andy Kotzka is also absolutely fantastic. You guys need to be subscribed to the Baltimore Banner. It is worth its weight in gold. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, they do that incredible easy. work. But anyway, this article that John Mioli wrote is saying it could be difficult for the Orioles to trade for starting pitching because the trades oftentimes seem one-sided. He referenced the Lucas Giolito trade at the deadline for the Angels this past season and um, how the, the Angels gave up their number one and number two prospects to get Giolito. The number one number two prospects for the Angels would be like maybe top ten prospects for the Orioles. And what teams are seeing is if this guy got these top two prospects, then Dylan Cease or Corbin Burns or – Jesus Lazardo should be able to get similar prospects from the Orioles. Well, similar prospects from the Orioles are like the number seven or number eight prospects in the system. Like, like nobody, like it, you look at Daryl Hernandez, for example, who went to the uh, athletics last year for Cole, this past season for Cole Irvin. He was the Orioles, not, not their number six prospect. He was their sixth best infield prospect. And he immediately became a top over top five overall prospect in the athletic system. These you're not comparing apples to oranges here. Jackson Holiday, number one prospect for the Orioles, also happens to be a number one prospect in all of baseball. Other teams don't have these guys. So for the Orioles, they're behind the eight ball because on paper, oh, you're only willing to give us your number seven or eight prospect. You aren't realizing that the number seven or eight prospect for the Orioles is like number two or number three for you all. Yeah, and here's the thing. Any properly run Major League Baseball team with a scouting department that's worth anything doesn't give a rat's behind about where prospects rank in mm -hmm. on anybody's list. Top 100 in baseball, top 30 in an organization, they should not care. And any well-run team does not care. It's about how they've been scouted, what tools they have, and individual interest. It's why you see when, you know, the Major League Baseball first-year player draft happens every year, there are surprises. And then those teams that make those surprises say, well, he was the top guy on our board. Why? It's because their scouting department looked at this guy and determined that they thought he was better or had the potential to be better than everybody else. It's the same thing with players that are already in the minor league system across baseball. They have scouting departments that go out and watch other minor league teams. You go to any minor league baseball game, there are going to be scouts from other teams sitting behind the plate with a radar gun, sitting behind you know first base to, to watch the hitters. It happens at every stadium. Now, the, the numbers don't matter. I've, I've talked to people in front offices who have said, you know, I've, I've asked, I asked Matt Blood, do you guys put any weight into where Major League Baseball ranks the Orioles farm system or the Orioles players? He doesn't care. Not at all. He's the director of player development. So, you know, you, you think about it like that, and it doesn't matter. A player isn't, a team isn't going to, you know, look at a trade offer. Let's say the, the Marlins are talking to the Orioles about Jesus Lazardo, and they see us offer our number seven and number 10 prospects, whoever they are. And then another team offers their number two and three. They're putting no more stock into 
what another team's players are ranked than they are ours. It's about, do we like this player? Do we like this combination of players more than we like that combination of players? And so the pundits that are ranking these guys, their opinion, not to undermine their profession Mm -hmm. because it's important, but two major league baseball teams, it does not matter. So I don't necessarily agree with the premise that it makes it harder for the Orioles to Mm -hmm. make a trade like that. I think it's just a matter of, can we offer the right guys right. in this? And, and how much are you willing to part with? You know, like to get a top, a top of the rotation starter in a trade, you're going to have to give up something. You know, you see a lot of these mock trades where it's like the Orioles should give up, you know, Joey Ortiz, Cade Povich, and then, you know, Judd Fabian to get Dylan Cease, you know, and those are good three names I just came up with out of thin air. Like, I, I don't know that there's been a trade proposal like that from a fan. These things aren't realistic. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna get two years of control with Dylan of Dylan Cease for you know peanuts. That's it's just not gonna happen. So you're not gonna you're gonna have to sorry, my, Bruce, you're being a butthole. Um you're 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 gonna have to um you're gonna have to give up something to get something. Now look, you're not trading um you're not trading uh Jackson Holiday. You'd have to really blow blow me away to be willing to part with Samuel Basayo. Um and, and and Kobe guys like Kobe Mayo, Hessen, Kerstat, you'd have to blow me away for me to be willing to part with guys like that too. But you're also going to have to say, hey, you know, you're getting the number one starting pitcher. I'm willing to give up Colton Kowser and maybe Hessen, Kerstat if, if that's what it's going to take to get this guy. Um, so, and, and I really, and I, honestly, I think Joey Ortiz is a bigger trade chip than people think because um, I've said this before. I'll say it again. He could start at shortstop for half the teams in Major League Baseball right now. Uh, I, I truly believe in that guy's skill set defensively and offensively. I think he's got great bat speed, great bat to ball skills. I think he's a really, a really top trade chip for the Orioles. So it's going to take something to get to these players. We'll see what it's going to take. Um, you know, I thought a trade would have happened by now, but again, the whole the whole baseball world is still waiting on now Yamamoto, and then it's going to be now we're waiting on Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery. Um, it seems like it's never ending, but I think something's coming down the pipe here. Um, would you be okay with the Orioles maybe not getting a top of the rotation guy, maybe end up ending up signing? I can't remember the name of the Japanese pitcher, but it was rumored that the Orioles had a multi-year offer on the table for a guy. He throws like six pitches, but his fastball tops out at like 90 miles an hour. This was re- this yeah, was like sure two, three that. weeks ago. Um, it was out there that the Orioles had an offer on the table, um, but nobody could confirm it on, on in the States. So um, they didn't do much reporting on it, but would you be okay with the Orioles, you know, signing a guy who's maybe a, a solid four or five um, with the idea that your top of rotation already has two aces in Kyle Bradish, um, uh, Grayson Rodriguez, and then your number three is a guy who's sort of no hitter and been an all-star in um, uh, John Means. I, I, I don't think this is the answer you're expecting, but yeah, I would, I would a hundred percent be okay with that. And the reason being is, you know, what you're pretty certain you have in Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez, you know, what John means brings to the table. You're potentially looking at DL hall as a starter option, potentially looking at Tyler Wells as a starter option. Dean Kramer is certainly going to be in the mix. Cole Irvin is, is in consideration. And then you have a few guys who are working their way up the system. Um, and what you really need is rotation depth. And I think the Orioles already have that. So if we find ourselves in a position where, you know, we're signing a back end rotation guy to go into the season and then under the, you know, the idea that if Kyle Bradish takes a step back, if Grayson Rodriguez isn't quite yet who we think he's going to be, if Dean Kramer falters or Tyler Wells can only work in the bullpen or DL Hall doesn't work out as a starter, then you're approaching the trade deadline with, okay, we are going to go out and get an ace. If that is the mindset that the team has going into the season, I'm going to be okay with that because we did just win 101 games last year and we didn't lose yeah. anybody notable, at least as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, I'm, I'm content with, we, we could, the season could start tomorrow and I'd be happy with the Orioles outlook going into it. Now you have to be prepared if things start to falter if things are not going well you have to be prepared to make that big move so whether it happens this offseason or during the season next year when we're fighting for another american league east title with the team that just got juan soto or the team that might get uh yamamoto and you know other moves are certainly going to happen then you know 
you have to be willing to make that move during the season. So whether it happens now or later, I would like it to happen, but I'm fine with how things stand uh, at the current. I, 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 I tend to agree with you. I, I have been saying that I want the Orioles to go out and get another one starting pitcher, go out and get a middle of the order bat. Uh, but it's not like this team is returning a bunch of scrubs, right? Like, like, like you said, they won 101 right, games. The exactly. only guys that they've lost are Kyle Gibson and his what was it, 479 ERA, and um, you know, Jordan, uh, not Jordan Hicks, um, Aaron Hicks, and, and um, Aaron, Aaron Hicks. Yeah. Oh my gosh! See, my, my Adam Fraser. Thank Adam you. Frazier. I, I kept wanting to call him Ryan Flaherty. <laughs> I get one to call him Ryan Flaherty. <laughs> I mean, it's um, not that's that not far Ryan, off. That's not his name, but he's like close, right? Um, Adam Frazier, Aaron Hicks, Kyle Gibson. Um, yeah, you're losing those guys, but you're going to get, you know, a Gunnar Henderson that's going to be an MVP candidate. Adley Rutschman's going to be another year seasoned. You know, Jackson Holiday's likely making this team out of spring training. I think Jordan Westbrook's going to be a beast for this team. Um, you're getting like some, some, and then Connor Norby that he's got, he's just such a good hitter, you know? Um, and, and, and then, like I said, another, another season, season out of Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez and John Means back to full health, being a full go from spring training on, it's going to be an exciting year for the Warriors, regardless of what they do moving forward from here. And like you said, if, if the guy that they bring in for that rotation is a Kyle Gibson type of guy and it doesn't work out like we want it to, you go out and you make that trade at the deadline. Maybe Corbin Burns becomes more likely for you because you only get a couple months out of him and you don't need to give up the world to get him. Um, the, the, there's going to be options for this team. It's the same argument that you have when people are getting upset about the Craig Kimbrell signing. Like, guys, if he sucks as a closer – He's not going to have a four-month leash, and, and they're going to have to flush the toilet down the season. It, it, they'll know three, four right. weeks into the season whether or not they can trust. Probably sooner than that, whether or not they can trust this guy as their everyday closer. If they can't, they'll make a move so it doesn't ruin the season. So look, they're they're, they're in good hands. You know, you just want them to have the best team on the field possible from the from the outset. Get off to a hot start and and never look back. You know, um, I think that's where the Orioles are. That's where they should be. It's um, it's an exciting time to be an Orioles fan. Uh, we just want what's what we want what's best for this team. Um, and a couple of things I do want to talk about. Um, you know, I mentioned some. I mentioned on Twitter that I want the Orioles to go out and get a middle of the order bat. Somebody said the Orioles don't need a middle of the order bat. How do you feel about that, Ryan? Because I love Ryan Mountcastle and Ryan O'Hearn, and I love Anthony Santander and Austin Hayes, but none of these guys are three, four hitters. You know, all, all of these guys are five, six, yeah, seven it, hitters. Um, I would love for the Orioles to make, even if that guy that you get is like a Justin Turner, you know, I know he's 39 years old, but he's coming off a season where he set a career high in RBIs. He hit like 40 doubles. He hit like 25 home runs. That's a guy who you can play in into the four slot in your in your order, and be comfortable with the fact that he's going to drive in runs and get on base. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I have mixed feelings about well, not just ne not necessarily even um, just turn, but in a, well, in in a in a specific way, I, I sent out a tweet. Uh, I think it was during the playoffs where I said. Uh, Craig Kimbrell reminds me a lot of Justin Turner in the sense that it feels like they've both been in their mid thirties mm. for the last 10 years. We already signed Kimbrell. I'm not sure I want to add Turner to the mix too, but to your point, I, I agree with you. Um, Mount Castle, O'Hearn, Santander, those guys are very good hitters. They are not clean up four slot 370 on base potential, you know, 40 home run, 120 right. RBI hitters. That's just not who they are. You, I think you do need that guy in the middle of your lineup. And we we saw it as a as a weakness with the Orioles. We we had plenty of situations last year where, you know, either Adley or Gunner would get on base in the first inning and then we'd see a, a pop up or a ground ball double play. And it's and yeah, that's gonna happen no matter who's in the lineup, but it seemed to happen a little more than you want. You've got the table setters at the top of the lineup in Gunner and Adley. In whichever order they are in, I prefer Gunner and then I Adley, but that's just me. Uh, okay, good. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think you need, you know, sure, Mountcastle could push for 35 homers. Sure, Santander could push for 35 homers. Ryan O'Hearn might hit 300 again. We don't know. But none of those guys are going to get on base Correct. at a 370 clip. And I think you need that guy in the heart of the order to – 
hit for power, drive in runs, and get on base. Because if your number four hitter is putting up a three thirty five on that. base percentage, that's not that's not a scary no. middle of the lineup. It's just not. And I love these guys. I feel bad saying that because I love Tony Taters. I love Mounty. But like you said, they're yeah. five. I, I, I look at, you know, you, you have guys in the system that that are that, that could potentially be that guy for you. Heston Kerstad could be that guy for you, potentially. I really believe Jordan Westberg could be that guy for you because I don't necessarily think that your cleanup hitter needs to be a 40 home run guy, but he needs to be a guy that gets on base at the 370 clip. You know, I think Adley yeah. could hit cleanup for this team. I, I like, I don't want to see Adley batting leadoff ever again. I don't want to see him batting second. You know, for me, I think that, that, that Jackson, Jackson holiday could be your leadoff hitter. I think that Gunnar Henderson could hit two or three for you. I think Jordan Westbrook could hit two or three for you. And then if you have Adley batting fourth, you know, and then you have Santander and Mount Castle and Kerstad, like your lineup becomes that much scarier. And maybe, maybe that happens because you have Jackson holiday on the roster right now. You know, maybe it happens because Jordan Westbrook takes that step forward that I expect him to, to take. And, you know, Heston Kerstad becomes that 35 homer guy that he looks like he could be, man, when he hits the ball, it goes, it, it, I mean, the Orioles have guys, you, Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Westbrook, Heston Kerstad have some of the highest exit velocities in this, in this system that you're ever going to see it. And if they are all clicking at the big league level, that is scary. Go ahead. And we're, we're not even talking yeah. about Kobe like, Mayo like, yet. That dude is a yeah. bopper and a half. And he could, he could be on the, on the major league roster as early as mm-hmm. June, July. If he gets off to a hot start, we might not even have space for him. Who really knows at this point? But yeah, they, there are plenty of guys in the system but who you can't could depend, be that guy. You, you, you can't depend on them that. to be that guy right now. They have to get to that right. point. You don't just yeah. come from AAA, step foot onto a major league diamond, and suddenly you're that guy. That just that's like Albert Pujols. That's just, like it's a rarity. We can name the guys off the top of our head because it's so rare that you automatically know who they are. Like that's it. Just doesn't happen. So you know. And th- and this is this is one of the reasons, Paul, that I, you know, I, obviously I, you know, I agree with you that we need a middle of the order bat, a, a big, you know, bopper like that, um, and I agree that we should go out and get a, a top tier starting pitcher. But on the same token, this is why I said I would be okay with the season starting tomorrow with the state the Orioles are currently in and be satisfied and optimistic. And it's because you know you could list so many different possibilities of like a one through mm-hmm. six in your lineup. It could be Holiday, Westberg, Gunner, Adley, Mayo, mm-hmm. Kerstad. And that's a dominant, a potentially dominant one through six. That's not even including Mountcastle, Santander, Hayes. Mullins, Norby, Hayes. Uh, it's there are so many Kowser. There are so many guys who could be mm-hmm. the guy, who could be yeah, dudes, dude. as you like to say. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is these are guys who are either knocking on the door, have just barely busted through, still have some things to prove. So we don't know if any of them are going to be that guy mm-hmm. in 2024. I have optimism that several of them could be, but until we see it, we don't know. And that's why I do think it's important that the Orioles address the middle of the lineup. But man, it's if they don't, yeah, we've got that, guys. We, we, They've yeah, got, we've got some, some potential we've got dudes. Some dudes. And I also think it's important to say that they're not going to. They're not going to go sign the middle of the order bat. I think we both know that that's, that that's right. the case. Uh, that it's not going to happen. Yeah. But I think that if you want to in, to ensure that your lineup is going to be strong top to bottom until the guys that we just mentioned are ready to be that guy, it wouldn't hurt to go get, you know, maybe even a J.D. Martinez um, to D.H., for the first four months of the year. But that that guy is so unrealistic simply because of the fact that they love versatility and that he's a guy you have to play every day as your DH. So it takes some of that flexibility away. We are running super behind. Um, I want to remind you, today's show is brought to you by Glenn Clark Radio's charity event. You can join Glenn Clark Radio on Ravens defensive tackle. Michael Pierce, Monday night at Chick-fil-A, Nottingham Square. That's 5198 Campbell Boulevard in Nottingham Square Shopping Center. They'll be collecting new unopened toiletries and underwear to help the men and women currently in Baltimore's Helping Up Mission 
according to that one guy on Twitter, I probably need some new underwear. Um, <laughs> anyone, <laughs> anyone who brings out at least $25 worth of donations or makes a $21, $25 cash Venmo PayPal donation can get a picture and autograph from Michael Pierce. This That's this Monday from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at Chick-fil-A, Nottingham Square. Uh, the Daniels 420 has a tweet that he put out to us. O's and Brewers line up so much. Williams and Burns for Povich, Norby, Beavers, and Stowers. Uh, I don't think that's enough to get it done. I agree. Maybe- I, I agree that the Orioles and Brewers line up very well. I don't think that's enough to get. I, I don't. I'm not sure that's enough to get just Burns. You're throwing yeah. Williams in there. You're gonna have to give up a Cowser or a Westberg. I think in that kind of trade, I think um, you're gonna have to give up more than that because Williams is under contract for two more years. Yeah, uh, I, I, gonna, I do think I do think these two teams line up, but I don't. I'm not sure that's close. Yeah, yeah, Williams and Burns. You're probably gonna have honestly. You're gonna have to give up a, a Basayo, a Kerstad, um, and an Ortiz, along with you know Beavers and Stowers and Povich, if you want to get both of those guys in one trade. I mean, we we saw Jim Bowden saying it was gonna take the Orioles giving up, you know, Kowser, Kerstad, Mayo. Um, and then like Povich just for Burns. Oh, and he, I think he threw DL Hall in there too. Like, like it's going to take a lot just to get Burns. You're throwing in arguably the best reliever in the national league on top of that. That's, that's too rich for the Orioles taste, uh, in, in, in my opinion. Like they do, they do line up really well with the Brewers. They do. And that would be a great trade to get both. I don't think the Orioles are looking for Williams anymore because they got Kimbrel and it's going to be like a, just way too much to get. Um, we ended last show talking about how we wanted to get back to somebody's um, ask about um, Patrick Sandoval. Um, Patrick Sandoval, he, it, he, this is a guy who took a step back in 2023, posting a 411 ERA and 418 FIP in 28 starts after posting a 291 ERA and 309 FIP in 27 starts in 2022. Just turned 27 in mid-October. He's also under team control for three more seasons. I know that many believe the Angels should be rebuilding at this point after, you know, losing out on Shohei Otani. Um, Mike Trout's not not getting any younger, and they already said they're not going to trade him. You've got Anthony Rendon, who's untradeable at this point in his career. Um, I don't think that the Angels are looking at themselves as in rebuild mold, mode, and even if they are, you build around a guy like Patrick Sandoval. You don't trade him. You, you, you trade for guys like him. You know, 27 years old with three years of team control. I, I don't see why the Angels would be willing to deal somebody like him. Yeah, I, I am inclined to agree there. Uh, I think he'd be a good fit on the Orioles, but mm-hmm. I, I don't see the Angels moving someone of his potential um, as you know in, in the position that they're in. I will say, though, and I, I mentioned this to you yesterday, there were reports circulating that uh, the Marlins are uh, at least considering Lozardo as a, as a potential trade. That's a guy I would love on the Orioles. And I'm not going to talk mm-hmm. about it too much, but Jesus Lazardo as the Orioles' number, he'd probably slot in as a two or a three, mm-hmm. just based on experience. He's a guy who I think would benefit a lot from pitching in Camden Yards for half of his starts. You, you, we just talked about Sandoval. He's a guy who turned who he, he Lazardo just turned 26 at the end of September. Um, he's got three years of team control, 358 ERA and 32 starts this past year after a 332 ERA and 18 starts the previous season. That's a guy that the Orioles could trade for, but it, how much is it going to cost to get a pitcher like that? And would the Orioles be willing to give up those prospects? You know, this is something that people have been talking about Lazardo since last offseason. How likely is it? I, I just I just don't know at this point. You're gonna have to give up. I think you're gonna have to give up more. For him, I forgot to switch the the arrow to, <laughs> to the notes page. Um, you're gonna have to give up more for him than you'd have to give give up for Dylan Cease, in my opinion. So I, I just don't know. I think it'd be likely. comparable, but yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, want to remind you today's show brought to you by Project Game Day and the Tyus Bowser Show. You can join Glenn Clark, Rita Hubbard, and Femi Ayambadeja right here on the same press box pages for Project for Project Game Day following tomorrow night's Ravens Jags matchup. And join press box and great ace memorabilia for Tyus Bowser Show this Tuesday night at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Harford Road. Both shows are brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We buried the lead a little bit. You have about 30 seconds to talk about this. Uh, we buried the lead intentionally because I'm so tired of talking about it. Shohei Otani, 10 years, $700 million with the Dodgers. He's deferring all but $20 million. He's making $2 million a year 
for the life of the contract. And then they have to pay him $68 million each of the next 10 years following the end of this contract. So they'll be paying him $68 million a year to be retired, essentially. Your thoughts on the Shohei deal as quick as you can. Uh, Dan Duquette said that the contract made him uncomfortable. No which way. I think is hilarious because it's very on brand. Uh, but that that's all I really have to say about it. Good for him getting paid. But uh, Poopy Pants Paul, go ahead and sign us off. Poopy Pants Paul has to say that I think it's really bad for baseball that the Dodgers kind of get let off the hook there with such a massive contract uh, by only having to pay him $2 million. I know that with the, the luxury tax, you're going to have to report like $45, 46000000 million um, starting, I think, like two years from now. Um, but the fact that they're able to pay all these guys that much money, go over that luxury tax threshold, they go out and they trade for Tyler Glass. Now they're going to give him a report of five years, $135 million. Good luck with that. He can't stay on the field. Uh, to me, it's, you know, there's got to be some common ground there. I get deferred money, but deferring $680 million of the $700 million contract is asinine to me. And the collective bargaining agreement allows for it, but I don't think that it should. I think it'll be addressed at the next CBA, which is, you know, still three years away. So that's going to do it for us here on the Bat Around. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in and to all of our sponsors. Without either of you, we do not have a show. Thank you to Ryan for taking time out of his Saturday morning. And as always, until next week, see ya.